Hi and welcome to Well With My Soul podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about how do I defend my faith? So this is a really great question. I was asked by someone in high school. They wanted to know how do I defend my faith from non-believers? My quick answer to that is you don't. Let me give you an analogy. Say you're out with a Navy SEAL and some random guy wants to get in a fight with him and you tell him, you know what? I got this. I'm going to fight for you. That would seem kind of silly, right? Because one, I'm probably not going to win the fight, but two, they don't need to be defended. They're a Navy SEAL, highly trained fighter. Here I come trying to fight for them. Probably not going to go well, right? It might seem like a silly analogy, but that's kind of what we do with God. We try and defend the Bible. We try and defend God as if it were up for debate, as if God needed us to defend him. And the reality is he doesn't. He's God. God is real whether we believe in him or not. God is real whether other people believe in him or not. It's not a debate. And I think oftentimes people want to debate this. Non-believers want to debate this. And when we sit there and argue with them, I think it gives them a sense of credibility. But guys, God doesn't need to be defended. And it's kind of silly for us to try and defend or argue his existence. A lot of times it is better to not respond. And I really find it kind of funny that non-believers want to have an argument about God because to me when people say I don't believe in God he's not real then why are you going to argue about something that's not real to you like for example the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus I don't sit there and argue with kids about how he's not real because that would be silly I don't need to sit there and argue with them and so people devote their whole lives to trying to disprove God And I find that kind of ironic because they're still devoting their life to God. You don't need to argue something that isn't real, right? You you just don't. And in the same way, you don't need to argue something that is real. Like I wouldn't sit there and argue with someone about the sun because clearly the sun is real. And so clearly God is real. And I don't need to sit there and argue with someone about it. And oftentimes arguing with someone does more harm than good because it pushes them away from God. When you argue with someone, you're upset, you're, you get angry, you might say something you don't mean, especially if you're doing this online, because you don't know what someone's tone is online. You could be misinterpreted, um, your words can be twisted. So I would say don't, don't argue with someone. That would be my simple answer. But are there times where you need to defend your faith? Yes, there will be times when you need to defend your faith. And I think the best verse to answer this question, because it's kind of a twofold question, is Proverbs 26, verse four and five. And it says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. And in verse five, it says, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. What does that mean? Do those verses contradict each other? No. It just, it's saying there are times when you should answer someone and there are times when you shouldn't. And what does the Bible say about a fool? They are wise in their own eyes. They are deceitful. They despise wisdom. It says, the Bible says a lot about foolish people and people who don't believe in God are foolish. They fall into that category. How will you know when to answer someone? The spirit will tell you. The spirit will tell you when there are times to have a conversation with someone and when there are times to walk away from that conversation. But I think a lot of the time the answer is to walk away because sometimes people just want to argue. You're not going to change their mind. They're not going to be 
going to be convinced of anything. A person cannot be argued to salvation because if they could, then they could be argued out of it. And we know that's not true. The Bible says once you're saved, no one can take you from God's hand. And so arguments don't win people over to Christ. Only God can win people over to Christ. Only the spirit can move in someone's heart for them to be saved. So what's the best answer to an argument or a question? Prayer. Pray for them. Pray for that person that God will open their eyes, that the spirit will reveal to them that God is real. That is really the best thing you can do for them. But are there are times to have those conversations. And so I would say most of the time, if you're doing it online, the answer is don't, don't go there. Don't argue with someone. But if it's face to face and the person genuinely wants to have a conversation with you, it's not just an argument. They're not mad, but they want to ask you a question. Then those are the times when you should answer someone when you should have a conversation. And those are the times when you need to be ready to defend your faith. And how are you ready to defend your faith? By reading your Bible, by knowing what you're talking about. Do the research, guys. Read the historical books, read the Bible, read accounts, see if Jesus was real. The Bible holds up to scrutiny. It always makes me laugh when people are like, oh, I know the Bible isn't real because of these facts. People have studied the Bible for thousands of years. Someone sitting on a computer somewhere reading a bunch of articles is not going to disprove the existence of God. That's just not how it works, right? There are people much smarter than all of us who have dedicated their entire lives to studying the Bible, to studying history. They have not been able to disprove the Bible. So your friend at school is not going to do that. And so I, I, it's funny to me, just the other day someone came over and they're a non-believer and they were trying to say that William Shakespeare wrote the Bible. And I just, <laughs> I just sat there kind of dumbfounded because I thought, the Bible is older than William Shakespeare. How can William Shakespeare have written the Bible? But I wasn't going to sit there and argue with him because it was such a ridiculous claim that I thought it doesn't even deserve an answer. But it was just kind of a funny situation to me that they made this claim and I thought, well, you, you don't really know what you're talking about. And so oftentimes you'll find that with people who want to argue. It's they look something up online or they just have a strong belief. And they just want to argue for the sake of arguing. And so those are the instances to just walk away, stay away from the situation altogether. When someone genuinely wants to, they genuinely have questions, they're really seeking for answers, they want to know truth. I think those are the times when we should be ready to defend our faith, when we should know what we're talking about. And that can be really hard in today's culture because today's culture does not believe in absolute truth. They believe everything's up for discussion, everything's up for debate, for a person's own interpretation. And the Bible does not say that. The Bible clearly states absolute truth. And so I'll say we shouldn't argue with someone, but we should always be sure about our stance and what we believe in. And I'm not talking about political or social. There are things that maybe you feel strongly about, but aren't necessarily biblical. And I think you need to make that distinction. There are things that the Bible clearly states as sin and clearly has a stance on. And there are things that are, are up for debate. And so even though I don't think that those things necessarily you should debate about, but I think you should be clear on what the difference is. What are things that are up for interpretation? And what are things that are not, that are absolute truths? Do your research on those things and know where you stand on those. And don't waver on them because of the culture. Guys, culture will always change. Opinions will always change. But God does not change. God is constant. The Bible is constant. It's not up for interpretation. It's not up for debate. 
what the Bible says is truth. And although you should know what those things are, you should not argue those things with non-believers. Oftentimes what Christians try and do is argue political beliefs or social beliefs that aren't necessarily biblical or maybe even are biblical and they try and argue them with non-believers. Like somehow you're going to convince them. Guys, you're not going to convince a non-believer to act like a believer. First of all, right? Because the Bible says they're blind. They're blind to sin. So apart from Christ, no one is good, right? You can't convince someone to do good or to be morally good or follow the Bible. That's one. But two, that should not be your goal. You should not be trying to convince someone to become a Republican. You should not be trying to convince someone to believe what you believe. That's not the goal. The sin does not matter. It does not matter what their sin is because all that matters is that they're not saved, that they're apart from God. The goal is salvation. The goal is for them to have a relationship with God, not for them to believe what you believe. Because who cares if they believe what you believe, right? Who cares what they're doing if they don't have a relationship with Christ? It doesn't matter. The sin could be something small or it can be something that you think is outrageous. But the point is that they don't have a relationship with God. And so that's the goal. And sometimes, oftentimes, we we mix it up. We get it wrong. We, we argue with people about earthly things. And we think, yeah, I did my deed for the day. I had a conversation about God with someone. And you didn't. You didn't because the gospel wasn't presented. You probably pushed that person further away from God because you sat there and you yelled at them about your moral beliefs. And the reality is you can't expect someone's behavior to change if they don't know Jesus. You could have a conversation, maybe even an argument with a believer about something that's clearly biblical and that they don't believe in. Because those are the times when you can have those conversations and say, well, this is what the Bible clearly states and this is how you're living. The Bible does talk about those things and it does say to address the sin in love, right? So those are the times when you should address someone. But a non-believer, to talk to them about issues like abortion, to talk to them about morality, any kind of thing where you try and convince them, you can be outraged by those sins. I'm not saying to accept them. But what I'm saying is you can, you should not expect someone's behavior to change because you're offended by it. Jesus is the best example of this in the Bible. He doesn't sit there and point out someone's sin or try and argue them to be good or be better. He says, follow me, right? Every time he says, follow me. And people will give up. If people truly believe in Jesus, if they're truly following him, they're saved, they will give up that sin. But God is the only one that can change their heart. We can't argue them into a different behavior because one, that's not how it works, but two, it doesn't matter. And that should not be your goal. And I wish that more Christians would understand that because I think we, we all have strong beliefs, right? And most of the time, you're not going to change someone's mind because most of the time, just like someone's not going to change your mind, right? Very likely. There are very few people who are on the fence. There are very few people who generally want to know information, who are open-minded. Most of the time, people are pretty set in what they believe. So you're not probably not going to change their mind. And I wish that Christians would just argue less and they would love more. What's the best argument for your faith? Love people. That's the best argument. Out love everyone. Out give everyone. 
Just be so in love with God, be so in love with people that they cannot help but to be moved by your faith, that they can tell a difference, that they can see this person is different because this person really believes what they say because they live that way. That's the best argument, guys. Yes, you should be ready to defend your faith. Yes, you should absolutely know what you're talking about. But more than anything, people should know that you're a Christian. People should know that God is real by how you live, by how you love them. They should not ever question that, that this person truly loves me. That's it. That's the answer. People, that should be obvious to every non-believer that you come into contact with. Even though we don't agree, even though you know where I stand, I love you anyways. With compassion, with forgiveness, with humility. And so Jesus is the best example of this, right? In the Bible it says people were angry because he was a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And that doesn't mean, don't get that confused with he did what they did. Because he didn't. He didn't join in. But he was a friend to them. He loved them. And so he showed compassion to those people. He still spoke truth to them, and that truth was, follow me. So how do we defend our faith? By loving people. And we love people by taking care of their needs and by telling them about Jesus. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. When he lived on earth, he took care of people. He loved them. He showed compassion. He spoke with mercy. And then he told them the truth. And sometimes people rejected it. Sometimes people followed him. And in the same way, people will reject you and sometimes people will listen to you. More often than not, it's going to be rejection because that, the Bible says that. The Bible says they will hate you like they hated me. And it is tough, guys. It is tough to talk to people about God, to talk to people who hate what's good, who hate God It's tough, it's uncomfortable, sometimes it's awkward, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to share the gospel. We're called to live it out, but we're also called to share it. And that means using words. And so sometimes we want to pretend that's not in the Bible. We want to just love people and just be nice and think, well, maybe they'll come to Christ just by how I live. And, you know, a lot of times, yeah, that by how you live, being the example more, more times than not, that's how they'll come to Christ. But it's also by your words. You need to share the gospel. And you know what? If you are in the word, if you're walking with God constantly throughout your day, that will come natural. Just like when I watch a TV show that I'm really into, it comes natural to bring it up because I'm passionate about it. So in the same way, it will come natural to tell someone, I will pray about that. Look what God's doing in my life. Those things will come naturally because you're walking with God so much that it will be an outpour. And so if that's not coming natural to you, then you need to look into what is it that I'm doing. Then you need to look into how you're spending your time. Am I spending enough time with God? Because if you're really uncomfortable, it's really awkward, you don't know what you're talking about, then you're probably not in your Bible. Because I remember once being very convicted by someone who... Every word from their mouth was, oh, God's doing this in my life and praise God and amen. And they would just talk about God like God was a friend. And I thought, wow, they are really spending a lot of time with God. It's so evident in their life, just in how they talk. They're not trying to talk that way. It just comes natural to them. 
And I was very convicted by that because I wasn't spending enough time in the word. Those things weren't coming natural to me. And so I think when we spend that time with God, it will be an outpour of our life. And so, so really pray about who is it that God wants you to minister to? Especially now around Christmas, it's the perfect time, right? You can give gifts, you can invite people to church programs. Now's the time to do this. This time of year makes it really easy to do that. And so we should take advantage of that with our neighbors, with our coworkers, our friends. We should really be taking advantage of this opportunity during this season. But really pray about who it is that God wants you to minister to, who it is around you that God is calling you to love and to share the love of Christ with them. Because there will always be someone, always. God never calls us to not love people. Even if you live in the middle of nowhere, don't have any neighbors, there are always, if you interact with people, there are always opportunities to love them and share the love of Christ with them. Always, right? We, we don't live on an island. We're not isolated from people. We're, we're constantly surrounded by someone. And so there's always someone to share Christ with. And so really pray about who it is that God wants you to minister to. And pray for them. Pray for those opportunities. Pray for those people. And the Spirit will reveal those to you. And so let me close by saying, in a world that seems to hate Christians more and more every day, Love them anyways. Outlove people. Because that is the best way that you can defend your faith. God, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for all the good gifts that you give us. You are gracious. We also didn't know you. We didn't know who you were, and you saved us, God. You saved us by your spirit. You convicted us. You turned our life around. And so we pray that our lives would be an outpour of the grace and the love and forgiveness that you showed us, Lord. How can we not forgive someone? How can we not love them when we've been shown so much love and so much forgiveness? It should come natural to us. and But oftentimes it doesn't. And so I pray for those times, God, when we want to respond in anger, when we want to argue with someone, because it can be hard. It can be hard to love other people. It can be hard to love people that hate us. But I pray that you would give us the strength, Lord. That you would give us the compassion and the mercy and grace to love people how you love the people that crucified you. I pray that we would live by your example, Lord. That we would love people how Jesus loved people. Help us to be more like Christ. Help us to always answer things in love and compassion and humility. That we would know that we don't need to defend you, God. You don't need defending. You are the God of the universe. You created everything and everyone. And we're so arrogant. And you love us anyways. You show compassion to us when we're wrong. Help us to show that same compassion to others. Help us to be bold Give us strength. Give us wisdom in how to answer people, in when to answer people, when to stay quiet. I pray for everyone listening, Lord, that you would make it evident to them, those people in their lives that need to hear your truth, that they need to share the gospel with, and that in this season of Christmas, Lord, 
Help us to seek you in everything that we do. Help us to take advantage of those opportunities where we can share your love with others. And more than anything, Lord, I pray that you would help us to live it out. Help our actions match our words, Lord. That people would see our lives and see a difference. That they would know you are real by the way we love them, by the way we love each other. I thank you, God, because you do not leave us in our sin. You show such compassion to us, Lord, and we don't deserve it. I thank you and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to Well With My Soul Podcast. For topics and suggestions, visit Well With My Soul Podcast on Instagram.